This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often in hours. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join is their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one-day rule on its head and offer back-to-back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code DATABLE and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I know for a while now we've been telling you guys to filter better, to pick your dates better, and to go on less dates but higher quality dates. But there is something to be said about saying yes to opportunities. And that's exactly what our guest today is here to talk about. Her name is Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Hello. (laughs) And of course, Julie's here too. I'm going to give some stats about Cheryl. She's 36 years old, originally from New York. She's been in San Francisco for six years and she is happily married. Yep. Now, I don't know anything about the story, but I just know that You having the mindset of saying yes to every opportunity led you to meeting your, uh, your now husband. 
Yes. Okay. Let's hear the story. Okay. So I felt like I was kind of in this point in my life where I really wanted to meet somebody. And I was living in Washington, D.C. And I just felt like things weren't going well. So I get this job offer in Bahrain of all places. And I thought, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. I don't know if I should take it. And I felt like I just need a sign. So one day I'm on the DC Metro. I've lived there at this point for a year. I know exactly where I'm going. Um, and I stand up to look at the map just to kind of see which stop is next because I wasn't paying attention. And this guy comes up to me and says, excuse me, are you lost? No, I wasn't lost. But I, for, I stopped for a minute and I said, yeah, uh, I am. I, I'm not sure which train I'm on and I'm not sure which way I'm headed. Do you know? So he gave me directions and we started talking and he said, I know this is kind of weird, but can I get your number? Can I take you out on a date? Oh. And he was, he had these very big muscles. Um, <laughs> he was in the military and I looked at him and my first immediate reaction was, no, you're not my type. I'm not into that. Mm. But I said, yes, yes. So the next day I met my school, I worked in a school and you don't meet anyone at schools, especially as a woman. You do not meet any men at schools. Why is that? I, I don't know. There's just not as many male teachers. Oh, I it, got it. It just doesn't happen. Most of the single people I know are teachers, and they just there's not a lot of opportunity in a school. So before you keep going, did you at this point consciously decide that you were going to say yes to things because of this job opportunity, or was it more just like in the moment you decided to say yes? In the moment. So I, I had the job on my mind and I was okay. thinking, should I, shouldn't I? And I, I just couldn't make up my mind. And before that, I'd been pretty decisive about things. But I knew what I really wanted was to be in a really great relationship. Mm -hmm. And the job offer was just kind of like, should I just go out and do this? Because nothing else, my life here is not working out. I also didn't really like my job very much. But I felt like I really wanted to meet somebody. And so the job offer was on my mind. Um, and I felt like, give me a sign I need to stay here. Give me a sign that that's mm -hmm. not right for me. And then that guy came along and I just said, yes. Okay. Um, so the next day I'm at school, um, I'm walking the same way I usually walk, just down one of the halls. And this guy passes me and asks me where something is. And we start chatting. Hmm. And he had come to school that day to do some kind of insurance thing with some of the teachers. So you had never seen him before? I'd never seen him before. So we start talking a little while. And he tells me that that weekend, him and some his church group, they're going to see a baseball game. And do I want to go? I don't care about baseball. I don't go to church. <laughs> but I said, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll go. And I started to think, you just never know. You never know who could be the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. You never know what you'll learn. You'll never know what you'll experience. So why not just go out and give it a try? And so that kind of started the ball rolling. And suddenly I felt like I was wearing a sign. <laughs> Everywhere I went, I was getting asked out on dates. And I'd never had that happen before. Hmm. In the most unlikely places, by people I would absolutely say no to. So in this span of, it turned out to be a month, I went out with a guy who smoked. I don't like smoke. I don't smoke. I went out with a military guy. I wasn't really into that. I went out with a guy who had a son that wasn't something I thought I'd want to do. Um, I went out with someone who was way too short, someone who was way too tall, people of different religions. Just that normally in my head, I would say, that's not my type. That's not what I want. That's not my husband. But I did it. And I did it for the entire month. And it was amazing because the more I said yes, the more opportunities I got. Hmm. And they just kept happening. Um, 
So then at the end of that month, I kind of was feeling, I'd felt very encouraged by it, Mm -hmm. but then nothing was really going anywhere. I was learning a lot and everything was really great. Big muscle guy wasn't your future husband? No. It worked out for a little while, but no. So then it was Halloween. Um, and normally I would dress, I would figure out what to dress up as to get the most male attention. It sounds sad, but it's true. And that year I was like, ah, I've just had this nonstop male attention and, and nothing has really, really felt like anything real. So I purposely, um, dressed up. A friend of mine had just gone to Morocco and bought me a Moroccan dress, which mm. is like kind of a big sack. Yeah. And it's so a moo moo. Yeah. And so I wore <laughs> so that. really sexy. Really. Yeah. So I wore that and my friends are like, um, no one's going to flirt with you. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I've just gone through this whole month, really almost about six weeks of saying yes. And, and this is a nice little break. So it was a Sunday night, Halloween that year. And um, we went out, my friends and I went out to a couple bars and there wasn't much going on, surprisingly, because it was Sunday night, not many people in costumes. So we said, let's go to one more bar after a couple. Let's go to one more bar and see if anyone's dressed up. We go to one more bar. People are dressed up. Meanwhile, my husband, without knowing, he had the same conversation with his friends. Let's go to one more bar. So he went there. And so I'm sitting there chatting with friends and this, uh, these people who had a group costume, they were dressed as cockroaches, came in. (laughs) Very Super sexy also. Yeah. Yeah, Very attractive. (laughs) Yeah. And they um, were pretending to attack people. So (laughs) they pretended to attack me. So it's funny, whatever. And then this guy was dressed as Marilyn Monroe and he jumped in. And he had fishnet stockings. <laughs> and because I was a princess, I had all these bangle bracelets on. Oh. And so they got stuck on his fishnet stockings. And he didn't like that at all. And I'm trying to pull them off. And he's like, stop it. Stop it. And meanwhile, there's this whole scene. Everyone's watching. Everyone's laughing. And so my husband um, had, was dressed as a Chilean miner because it was 2010. <laughs> and the Chilean miners were still <laughs> oh, yeah, around. And he comes running over. He has a little flashlight. He signed, he's signed. Shines a splashlight and he says, I'll save you. And he untangles me. Ugh. And yeah, <laughs> and it was fun. It was funny. Um, and then he walked away. I walked away and my friend said, you should talk to that guy. He's obviously Chilean. And at the time I'd come back from Spain and I was wanting to speak Spanish. So I went up to him and I said, do you speak Spanish? And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, where are you from? And he said, Slovakia. And I was like, well, I'm moving to Bahrain. I'm like, whatever. I don't, I don't care. So I go back to where I am. And in my head, I thought, I, I'm not interested. I thought he was too short for me. I thought, well, you know, this is probably not going to go anywhere, whatever. So I go back uh, to where I am and he comes over and just starts talking to me. And then we start talking and talking and we have this great conversation and he gives me at the end of the night, he gives me his business card. Wow. And I just say, yeah, I might lose this. <laughs> so then he says, well, can I get your number? So I give him my number. And, um, the next day he texted me and he said he had just moved to the U S and he says it wasn't very grammatically correct. <laughs> and he says, I don't really remember a lot about last night. I was pretty drunk, but I remember you and I can't wait to see you again. Oh yeah. And meanwhile, he was on a visa and he had about a month left. And so my roommate said, red flag, red flag, red flag. He's got a month left. Yeah. And he told me, I'm going back to Slovakia. I don't know how for how long. But you said yes. But I said yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a little downturn of, ah, uh, this isn't working. And then I said, you know what? Yes, I'm going to try it. 
Yes. And it worked out. <laughs> We've been <laughs> so together he for seven years. He stayed. Um, he came back about a month later. He was supposed to be looking for an apartment, but instead kind of moved out, moved in and didn't leave, <laughs> which was fine and nice. And then about a year later, I said, hey, I want to move to San Francisco. Do you want to come? And he said, yes. And so we did. And then a couple months after that, he asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. And so we did. <laughs> so you've been together married. for seven years, married for how many years? Four and a half. Wow. So a lot of yeses. A lot of yeses. yeses. So before you went into this yes mentality, what was your mentality like? I feel like I'd had just a lot of really negative experiences. Mm -hmm. And I realized now I thought I was a really open-minded person. I lived in lots of cities. I lived in lots of countries. I thought I was Mm open-minded, but I realized I wasn't. Because when thinking about guys, I thought, well, I want a guy who's tall and I want, I just had these expectations of boxes, I guess, of where Mm -hmm. someone would fit. And then when I started my yes mentality, I went out with, like I said, every, all different guys, I never would have said yes to. And from each one of them, although they didn't work, I learned something. Mm -hmm. I learned so much about them, about myself, about the kind of guy I want, about the kind of guy I don't want. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew all of that. Just by not, by avoiding them. What was something that you learned in one of them that was surprising? I think what was really surprising to me was um, the military guy. <laughs> I just thought that's not my type. Like I said, big muscles. Um, just his his personality wasn't something I was yeah. really attracted to. And once I got to know him just a little, that all changed. He was so sweet. He was so sweet and so wonderful. And I think I realized really that someone's exterior it doesn't really mean a whole lot. You know, mm-hmm. he presented in this very like tough guy way and he wasn't, he was really sweet. So, so I was reading this article from New York times by this guy um, named Tony Schwartz. The article is called the power of saying yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, starting with yes, energizes, creates safety and trust and fuels creativity. And I think that applies to dating as well. I think that's partly why in San Francisco people aren't so willing to approach people at bars because even though we're not vocally saying yes, a lot of us have a no on our faces when we're Mm -hmm. out and about. Yes. But if you approach situations, even with a yes in your mind, your exterior also exudes that energy. So he says how um, he learned this by going to an improv class. And we talk about improv Mm -hmm. quite a bit where they teach you that every time a line is fed to you, your response always starts with yes. And right. So it could be, are you a man? (laughs) I'm not a man, but in improv, they teach you to say yes. And I got my surgery in 2005. Right. So you kind of just keep on rolling with it. Even if it is a joke, even if it takes you out of your comfort zone, something you said that I think really coincides with this is that you felt like you were wearing a sign. Like, come approach me. I'm approachable. And I think that's what we all need to work on. I know there are days that I am not approachable at all. I don't even want to approach myself. It takes work to be approachable. So when you felt like you were exuding this yes kind of energy, what was different about you physically? Did you feel like you were, you know, smiling more? What was your body language like? That's a good question because I felt more approachable. I felt in my head, I was like, come talk to me. I want to get to know you. I don't care who you are. I want to get to know you. 
I felt that way. And I thought I was that way before. I thought I was like, oh, I'm easy to approach. But I realized I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> wearing that face. I didn't have that attitude. I didn't have that behavior. And once I started changing my mind about it, my face started to change. My body started to change. The way I talked started to change. All of it. I was just completely open and completely just ready to try. And specifically, can you recall what your body language was like? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess I would say it was more encouraging mm -hmm. in, in not, you know, sometimes you go to bars or something, you might have your arms crossed. You might be kind of looking down, not smiling at people. Mm -hmm. I felt like my body language was just in a very inviting, open way. Mm -hmm. I guess not arms crossed, standing yep. straight, smiling, looking at people, engaging with people. They say that what happens a lot of times when you approach someone, a stranger, they you give them the half turn. So your mm. body's not fully turned towards mm. them. And then you turn your head to talk to them. And that's actually how you should approach dogs to seem not as intimidating. Wow. But what happens is it makes you feel, it makes you seem very closed off when you're half turned. So they encourage you to fully turn towards that's the person you're yeah. talking to. And another sign is you mirror each other's movement. So if they right. pick up their drink, you pick up your drink and you drink as well. And sometimes when you're in this open mindset, you just automatically do these things. So I would encourage people to know your own body language. Next time you feel like you're in this very like, yes, mode, take note of what you're doing exactly. Maybe it's even just smiling yeah. a lot. That's actually really interesting that you say that because I didn't think of it until you said that, but I remember physically, like I said, on the DC Metro, staring at that Metro map. And when he came and talked to me, I would have normally just kind of looked over my shoulder and been like, I'm fine. I'm not lost. Yeah. But I remember turning my entire body around. Interesting. I remember uh -huh. that specifically and thinking, why am I doing this? I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to see what happens. And I did. And those moments, even though this guy didn't work out, those are moments of human connection that we don't normally have. I mean, today I remember being in the elevator and this guy's like, what floor are you going to? Normally I would just not make eye contact, not turn towards him like floor one or whatever. But today I was like, I turned towards him. I smiled and I said, floor one. And he gave me back this yep. really big smile and said, yeah. have a lovely day. And it made my day because that's those are just moments of connection that we don't normally have. So I would encourage everyone to just take that moment, turn towards the person you're talking to and make eye contact with them without having expectations of this going right. anywhere romantically, right? It's right. just yeah. connecting with another human being. And I've had a lot of conversations, surprisingly, with people. I felt, I think... I've come from a family of very tall men. And so I've always kind of felt comfortable around tall men and felt mm -hmm. like I should be with a tall man. Um, and so, like I said, when I met my husband, one of my first thoughts was, well, he's kind of on the shorter side, but I'll give him a try. And then as I got to know him and as I got to care about him and to love him, I realized that not only was I comfortable with that, I loved it and mm -hmm. I still love it. We're mm -hmm. always on the same level when we cuddle, when we talk, when we walk, and I love it. And I've had this conversation with other friends that have, they're single and have specifically said, if the guy's too short, I won't talk to him. Uh huh. We know a lot oh, of women like that. I tell them, oh, yep. you don't understand. That might not be, you, you think that's the most important thing. It might not be. It, mm -hmm. it, right. You might meet someone really, really wonderful. And not only, Will you get over that? You'll actually love it. Right. You just don't know what that is for you. That's such a good point because sometimes when we're so stuck in dating fatigue and think, what is it? What is it that I'm doing wrong? What is it about you know me not finding the right person? It could just be that one simple thing right. that you can't mentally get over. 
And for women, a lot of times it's height. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. So after all this, like what was kind of the hardest thing about saying yes all the time? (laughs) (laughs) The hardest thing, which was actually the most fun thing, was I had never before this, I'd never been someone who could ever understand women who dated multiple men Mm. because I felt like my attention is on one guy and, and I can't give other guys my attention. But once I started doing that, like I said, men were falling out of the sky. It was insane. (laughs) And so I would go on date after date. It became my part-time job. I had a date every day after work, every nonstop, every weekend, four dates. It was crazy. And so what became really wonderful about it was I didn't have the time to really obsess over anyone. And Mm. so they were all really, really coming after me. I'd be on a date with one guy and one would be texting me while another (laughs) was calling me. And I was with a guy, so I wasn't paying attention. Right. Mm -hmm. And it really made me, for the first time in my life, really look at things from the perspective of not, am I good enough for this guy? Is this guy going to really like me? But is he good enough for me? Is Mm. And because I think I had been able to step away from kind of the obsessing as this guy into me, that's what gave me that perspective. And it felt like you had options too. I had like the so abundant, many which options. Which we always say options can be bad, but they also can be good because yes, it makes yeah. you not just be with someone that like you're pining after. Like you feel like it's yeah. the reverse, like you just said, do right. I like this person? Yeah. And I never really looked at it from that perspective. And it was really nice. I felt like I cared myself differently because I was like, wait a minute, a guy's really got to be good enough for me. He's really got to appreciate everything about me and adore everything about me if he's going to be the one I choose after all of this. And what was your dating life like before all of this? I wasn't really dating anyone. I just felt like I had a very different perspective. I mean, I I tried online dating. It wasn't for me. It felt very forced to me. And also, um, I had just moved to DC and I realized very quickly that it was kind of a small scene. I mm-hmm. think it's similar here where mm-hmm. everyone's kind of interconnected and yep. it was just kind of got awkward very fast. I remember waiting for a guy for a date and running into a girl I'd met like once or twice. And she's like, oh, who are you waiting for? And I said, my date. So what's his name? And I said his name. She goes, oh, I went on a date with him last week. Have fun. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And so I felt like th- that was the online scene. It wasn't very yeah. good for me. And then also... After that, I don't know. I felt I did feel kind of closed off. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in my own head. I felt also like, I don't even know if I want to live here forever. I don't know if this is where I'm going to end up. Why should I even bother? And mm. I was projecting that without knowing, you know, mm-hmm. and I had this idea in my head and it just, so I really wasn't dating anyone at all. And negativity is contagious. If you're negative, you're carrying that energy with you, even though you're not vocalizing it. People around you can feel it and they absorb it as well. Right. I have to say that this is way harder said than done, right? Way way harder done than said. Wait, is that how it goes? Um, Because it takes energy to be positive all the time. Mm -hmm. It takes energy to be welcoming. It takes energy to be approachable. So I would say... You don't need to be like this all the time. You don't. It's no. unnatural either. I like, think it's it unnatural. It is, but it's like I said, wearing this sign, it was crazy to me how fast it spiraled. How from that first moment when I said, I'm just going to say yes to this guy, right after that, it was every day, wherever I was, places I would go all the time, the grocery store, like I said, the metro, my school. <laughs> I constantly was getting attention and and I wasn't dressing different. I wasn't nothing about me was different. It was just that I was exuding this kind of like Mm -hmm. openness that I hadn't. And it was just like 
seriously, men were falling from the sky. Like, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> it was just, I mean, a construction worker was out working outside of my apartment and he'd been working there for months. And suddenly one day I'm walking down the stairs and he asked me if I want to go have coffee. And I said, yes. And I did. And <laughs> Why not? It just, exactly. And so it, it, yeah, that, that was what was really, I think, interesting. So was there any times that you wanted to say no or wish you had said no? Any regrets? Uh, let's see. Um, I think the only regret, so like I said, the smoker was kind of hard because I knew that wasn't something that was for me and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to like ask him to quit or anything. But I think my only regret was when I did this, I was 29 mm-hmm. and I'd met a guy who was 22 who immediately I thought he's way too young, but I said yes. <laughs> and he fell kind of hard and very quickly. Wow. And I felt really, really sad and really sorry for how sweet and wonderful he was, but it just was not a good connection. And right. You just weren't in the same life stage at all. Right. And so that I remember how sad it was like ending things with him. And that made me sad. So it's almost like you felt a little bad that it was like, almost like not, I don't want to say an experiment for you, but in a way it was kind of like this thing, but for him, it might've been like, yeah, but he said for him, it was a learning experience. I was going to say he learned from that. He's 22 years old. Exactly. Now he's probably with some wonderful woman because of, that's true. Exactly. Your interaction. Had a couple of the guys after be like, Oh my God, like, you know, we had this really great experience and it made me start wanting to just meet other people. Oh, oh my God. So that I was love really, this. it's like the, see, this is how the way the I see, I would say 90% of people who are walking out and about are unapproachable. So that 10% where you belong, Cheryl, you're yeah. like a ray of light for these people. It's, you really stand out. Just one simple oh, smile, totally. a little yes. eye contact and open body language really sets you apart. And that positivity is contagious, right? Yes. Well, I found like in our, remember we did the seven day challenge mm-hmm. for trying to meet more people in real mm-hmm. life. And like I found in my elevator at work. People were really receptive to small talk and like uh-huh. having conversations. Yeah. And I think it was almost like refreshing to them when yeah. I like said hello and smiled because they just weren't used to getting that from anyone. Yeah. I was shocked how much people like wanted to engage with it. Yeah. So I actually, and uh, one of the guys I dated um, was very, very, very shy and told me, and I've never dated anyone shy before and told me that he didn't know how to talk to women. Oh. And I said, I think you're wrong. And so we, kind of practiced it together, you know, just like, what, so you what really would you say to him, me? And, yeah. um, and the funny thing was, this was in DC. I moved to San Francisco and about a year or two after that, I meet a friend and she invites me to her apartment and I'm over and she lives in a group house. And on her fridge, I see a picture of him and it's a um, save the date for his wedding. Oh, wow. And I said, I dated that guy. And now he's, He's happily married. And, and you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Like yeah I got yeah. you out of your shell. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are all interactions and experiences. They all compound into, you know, into bigger experiences and bigger results. So I think the little impact, think about this, right? You're being selfless in some ways. The little impact you can have on someone by bringing that positivity will then spiral into them bring that to someone else. Right. You're paying it forward. Yeah. He started feeling more comfortable talking to other people. And the really interesting thing to me, I think, so this, this went on for a couple of months. The last month of it was the most intense, which was when I got really tired at the end. And I was like, I need a little break. But it went on for a couple of months. And I didn't realize until I met my husband, he asked me this, the first date we went on, he said, are you dating anyone? 
And I realized when he asked me that, he was the first guy who had asked me that of all the guys. The first mm. one to say, are you dating anyone mm. or anyone else? And um, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Then I realized that just interesting that like maybe no one cared. I mean, you know, I think that they were dating other people or maybe they weren't. I don't mm-hmm. know. But there was no, you know, like I said, nothing ever really got any very serious. We we're all getting to know each other. And then for my husband to say, are you dating anyone? I thought, wow this guy is really interested. Like he, mm-hmm. no one has asked me this. And then when I said, yes, he said, well, I am too. And I'm going to end that right now. And I said, well, I am too. And then he said, and I want to know what you want. I'm like, for what? And he said, in a relationship. And I also, I was floored. I realized all of this time, no one had asked me that. And I'd never mm-hmm. really thought about exactly that. Just that, you know, the guy was good enough and for me. And it really made me think, wow, what, what do I want in a relationship? And I thought, oh, he's, he's really, he's really serious right from the beginning. Cause he said, I want to know what it is before I can promise it to you. I want to know that I can give you that before I promise it. Wow. Yeah. So I was able to go back on everything I'd learned, things I didn't want, things I did want. Yep. Put it all kind of together and say, well, well, this is, this is what I want in a relationship. And That's awesome. You know, I think obviously it just showed that he was in a serious place. So that was important. Yeah. But I think also like, I mean, some of the men just might not have been there, right? They might just not have been serious. Right, but right. then there mm-hmm. could have been some of them that just were like, oh, I don't want to like move too fast or do all this stuff, yeah. scare her off and all that. Right. And it's almost like a, like a reassurance that it's actually better to like ask those questions Definitely. and put it out there. Yeah. It does show that you're serious and yeah. it shows, makes you stand out from everyone it else. It did. It really woke me up like, wow, this, this guy is serious and it doesn't matter. Like I said, that he's shorter than I want. It doesn't matter that he might have a visa and might be leaving. Like he's actually really interested. Right. I'm just floored by how many people don't have these conversations while they're dating. They don't. And, they and don't, you yeah. know what? The, the more you put this off, this question off, then the less you'll know what you actually want. Because until right. someone asks you what you want in a relationship, you probably can't even articulate it. No. Right? It takes practice. And like Julie said, people don't ask these questions and you don't, you don't really think about it, you know? And, and then when someone puts it in front of you and you think, all right, well, let me, let me think about it. You go back on all those experiences. You think about all the bad things, all the good things, yeah. and then you're really able to know what it is you want. And mm-hmm. I feel like I told him, had I not just had all these, all this, what I just went through, not only would it be harder for me to say what I want. It definitely, it, it would be harder to know, I feel like, not only what I want, what I need, any of that. You know, I, I wouldn't yep. know that as clearly. Well, a and lot of dating advice tells you not to ask this stuff. Right. Like, it's the opposite. I know, in which I always... <laughs> no, I, I always roll my eyes at it. I'm like, uh, these are important questions. Important Get them questions. out of the way first in the beginning. Right. Go before you invest more time and feelings into that right. person. It's ridiculous because people don't want to sh- like come off that they like are too invested. It's, a game. Or they, it's all so a game. I know. I told I know. someone. I told someone today. I was like, oh, you know, my boyfriend and I have been talking about like when we when we want kids, and he went you guys have already had that conversation. I'm like, yes, we had it in our first month of dating. These yeah. are questions that are important to me. Why right. wouldn't we have this conversation? Right. He was like, wow, he must be really serious. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> just well, that's the other thing. That. I think you just start, you get used to saying exactly what you're feeling, exactly what you're thinking, it, what you're thinking. And either that person stays or they go. Yeah. And if they go, well, that wasn't that wasn't going to work right. out anyway. It's and if better. they stay, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are some takeaways here, and I want to talk about those. But one of them is 
You are the driver of your life. You are behind the steering wheel. So if you're in a place where you're looking for something, you should go out there and get it and stop thinking about, well, is it too early to ask this question? Is it too forward to approach this person? This is your life. Right? right. And if you get rejected, you get rejected. That's a exactly. blip in your lifeline. But in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. You're the drive, you're in the driver's seat. Go out there and get it. What I do want to talk about is the balance of saying yes and filtering. Because if, if people <laughs> said yes to everyone on online dating, they wouldn't have jobs. They would probably <laughs> right. wouldn't be able to do anything in life. They'd right. just be going on right. dates. So how can people balance that? So that's a good question because I didn't do it online. You know, Mm -hmm. I did it in person. So it it definitely would be trickier online. But I guess if, if you are, there is some part of you holding back and being scared, you know, oh, this person looks interested, interesting. Would they really be into me? Don't ask that. Don't worry about that. Worry about if they're good enough for you. So if, if you think they're someone that you might have a connection with, go and reach out to them, Mm -hmm. whether you're a girl, whether you're a guy. If you're a girl and you reach out to the guy and he's like, whoa, 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 that's my role. Well, he's not the guy for you if that's not what you want. Well, I think Cheryl made a comment about this with the smoker. And for you, that's like a, that's like a Mm non-negotiable. So I think in like, for you, it was great that you just said yes. But if you have this situation where you can't say yes all the time. Of course, of course. So maybe it's like knowing you're like, hard, fast, Mm non-negotiables and filtering that way, opposed to stuff like height or like stuff that really doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think another way to do this is whoever has enough guts to ask you out in person deserves some of your time. And if it's not, you know, if it's not a date, they deserve some sort of like, nice, thank you. I really appreciate it. But if someone's asking you out online, it doesn't take that much effort. So balance out that ratio, go on more dates with people you meet in real life versus all the yeses and swipes that you get online dating, because that's passive. Anybody can do that. Absolutely. I think also like, there's also this mentality of saying yes to every invite you get and every Mm, event. And like, there's a side of it that's like, yeah, you never know who you're going to meet there. Agreed. But then there's also a point, like if you're just having a shitty day or you are burnt out and getting sick and tired, is it really going to be beneficial to go to this event if you're not in the right mindset? So maybe it's yeah. also checking in with where you are. Yeah. At least in my opinion, it's like not really even worth it if you're not mentally there. Right. And to piggyback on that is that I think we make a lot of us love to make excuses, excuses for why I can't do this, why I don't like this person, why this is not going to work out. We should use that same energy to make excuses for yeses. Yeah. So make excuses yes. for hmm, this event. I don't know if I want to go to it. I'm a little tired, but w- I should go because here are some, re- here are some excuses to go. This person's not exactly my type, but I should meet them because here are some excuses for why. So flip your excuses to the yeses and see what happens there and take an improv class. We've talked about this in previous yeah. episodes. They really teach you to, to just say yes to everything, but in a way that is still authentic to who you are, not like you're just saying yes for the sake of saying yes. Exactly. I think also to the events point, like it kind of is like similar to the non like deal breaker, non-negotiables. Like if there's an event that's just like, I mean, yes, you could always be exposed to something new, but there's some things that you just know about yourself that you don't enjoy. Yeah. And I don't think you should try to put like a square peg in like a round right. hole. Like right. I think you mm-hmm. should 
know yourself enough that I'm going to really thrive in these environments right. and these environments I don't, and then double down where you thrive. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. But also push yourself out of your comfort zone every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, it's hard. It's like know. a hard balance. Yeah. You, but if you know you're going to be negative at this right. event, then don't there's go. there's no point. Right? There's really right. No Don't point. go. If you know you cannot squeeze out an ounce of positivity, <laughs> <laughs> then stay home. You're, you're doing everyone a favor. Exactly. Right. And like with the smoker, it was, I thought, okay, it, do I really dislike it as much as I think I do? Let mm-hmm. me try it. Went on one date. Yep. Yeah, it bothers me as much as I thought. Moving and on. good. Yep. Yeah. But now you know. Now, now you know. know for you that's now a deal breaker. For other people, it might not be, but for yeah. you it is, right? And also, when I was dating these guys, I was very easily and clearly able to say as I went along, very early on, this is not what I'm looking for. This is not what I want. And I couldn't believe how decisive I could be about it because mm. I was never before that. I, I didn't know. But as time went on, I became more and more clear exactly what it was I was looking for. If we're ready to go to takeaways, one of my takeaways is that everyone should have this dating, like, in masses period of their life. Yes, definitely. Like, I think, yes, it can get draining if it goes on forever and ever, and then there's other situations going on. But personally, for me, I did, like, the probably, like, six months of, like, really being out there on Tinder. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it really helped me get a feel Yep. what I liked and what I didn't just because you're exposed to so many people in a short period of time. So I think we can all like say that there's negatives with that, but there's also a lot of positives that come from like this, like serial dating. It's just knowing right. when you've hit it enough that you're now focused on something real. Right. Which is exactly like I said, I I got to the point where I'm like, I need to step away from this. I need a break. Right. Yeah. And then when I met him, I felt like, okay, something here feels comfortable. Something here feels real. And like I said, my roommate said red flag about the visa. And I thought, oh, too short. But I said, all right, I'm going to give this a try. I'll see what happens. And like you said, you were able to tell him what you were looking for in a relationship because you had not necessarily like a ton of other relationships, but you had all these like mini little relationships. You were decisive about it. from Right. And I think another thing, like I said, another takeaway was just, I think, when you do start dating more and more like that, it is easier for you to, to like I said, kind of flip the script and say, is this person what I want? Is this person good mm-hmm. enough? Because so many women, so many of my friends, they all sit there and they're like, I don't know if he likes me enough. I don't know oh, if yeah. I do this yeah, or yeah, if yeah. I do right. that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like and if it, you don't know, that's not yeah, a good sign, right? right? That it, you're like dwelling over it. Exactly. And as it was just complete. I was just able to see that in such a different perspective. Like, well, this is what I want. Can you feel what I want? Yes, Can you exactly. Give me what I need? And if you can't, I'm moving on. Yeah. Right. You're driving. Exactly. You're You've coming be from a driving. place of abundance, not right. of scarcity, exactly. which is really important. And I think sometimes it's hard to have that mindset, especially if you're going on a lot of dates that don't pan out. Exactly. But it is important because then you're not just like taking what you can get. You're exactly. getting yep. what you deserve. Yeah. And then the whole um, issue with, okay, not the issue, but dating, um, having a lot of dates, right? Dating around quite a bit. Again, balance out your in real life and online dates because I think if you go on too many online dates, it really fatigues you. And if you go, if you try to go find too many in real life dates, it fatigues you too because you're like, this is way harder. So try, try to balance the two. But I would say this to the women of San Francisco. The biggest complaint I hear from men is that women are not receptive yet. We want men to approach us. It's a double edged sword, right? On one hand, we're like, 
Uh, when I go out, I wish more men would be aggressive and come up to me. On the other hand, when they do come up to me, I don't say anything back to them or right. I'm not receptive. Right. Right. So if you want to be approached, if you want men to be more aggressive, everybody, this applies to me as well. Let's be more approachable, be yeah. more open. And I liked what you said about it spiraling. So even mm-hmm. if yes. you're not into someone, you're like paying it forward because totally. now you're giving that guy confidence yes. to go up to the next girl yes. where he might not have if you shut him down completely. Right. Definitely. I think my last takeaway with this and this something we talked about before on our body image episode is like so much of us fixate on mm. the outward appearance. And like you said, nothing changed for you physically. Mm-hmm. It was only your mindset, mentality. And like that came from your appearance in terms of like smiling. There was mm-hmm. no like weight loss or like major transformation right. that occurred. Right. One of my tests with people is, you know, we get a lot of people who ask us to set them up. Mm-hmm. And my first question is always, what are you looking for? Right. And if they mention anything superficial right. in their first three mm-hmm. attributes, I always say, well, you're not ready to date. Yep. Because it's true. It if is. someone's like, I'm looking for someone tall, um, I want them to be, you know, like dark hair like and I want them to girls be, only. yeah, like, I want them to yeah, be slim. Yeah. Then I go, nope, you're not ready to date. If they say, oh, I'm looking for someone caring, looking for someone who can right. be empathetic towards my current situation. Then I know, okay, you know yourself and you know what you're looking for. Totally. Um, the last takeaway I have is, I think this whole idea of saying yes, again, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of time and effort. So make an event out of it. I had a girlfriend in New York who would get dressed up for her yes days. So she would say, <laughs> Fridays are my yes days. This is a day where I'm going to look my best. I'm going to go out there, smile at everybody that comes my way and make a thing out of it. Hmm. So if you made a thing out of it, it gives you motivation. It's exciting because you never know the possibilities are endless. And also it gives you... Um, something else to do rather than being at home and swiping through all the apps. Right, right. And then, like you said, if you get the positive results that will naturally come with that, then it kind of like takes care of itself. Yeah. I think also if you're doing activities and things that you love, like if you know yourself well enough to be like, I love doing this, it's not as hard to say yes. Yeah. Because you want to say yes. And I think, yeah, exactly. Because I... I never, I also never changed what I was doing, which was interesting. I was doing all the things I already enjoyed. I was, I wasn't doing anything different. And I Mm -hmm. used to say, oh, well, I work in a, my field is 98% female. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to meet a guy at a working environment. I'm never going to meet a guy here. I'm never going to meet a guy here. I had that mentality. And then after I changed it, I was going the same places. I was doing the same things, yet I was meeting all these men. Right. Mm. Well, I think sometimes when you're like, oh, I need to say yes to every singles event and say yes to these like forced no. events. Right. They're Just not... live your life. Do your right. thing. Go like where it's... you're going to go. Do what you're going to do. Yeah. You're almost like because you're trying so hard yeah. to say Don't yes try that too it's hard. like counterproductive. No, just, yeah. just do your just do your thing. And to that, I was also going to say, um, you know, in the beginning when I was talking about the job offer in Bahrain, I have certainly I would never tell someone you know, if they got this great job offer or there was something they were really excited about to base it on a man. I I don't want it to Uh sound like I'm saying that because I've lived in lots of places and I've lived on my own. And something about when I got the offer, I thought this sounds really great, but what I really, really would like in my life is to meet someone great. Mm. So I'm going to focus on that right now. Mm -hmm. And Hey, if that doesn't work, I can do this, but that's that's what I'm going to focus on. I think a lot of us are like set. It's almost bad to say that's what you want. 
like a relationship. I was fine to stigmatize. Right. I was fine to say what it's what I want. I just don't want to send the message that because I also felt like if I did go there and I went with the feeling like if I'm meant to meet someone here, I'll meet somebody yep. here. You never know. I mean, mm-hmm. I could have met other people. So there, I read so. this book called Finding Your Half Orange is what it's called. Oh, and it okay. was actually like, I thought like one of the best like dating books that I've read because it's not really dating. It's basically about being like radiating optimism. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of it is like putting out in the universe, like what you want. So like when you say like, Oh, what am I looking for? And it's like kind of hiding the fact that you want a relationship instead of doing that being like, I want a relationship and then Mm -hmm. that's what will come. So I think there's something to be said about it. Like, almost like shifting your mindset Mm -hmm. and what your appearance is outwards. Yeah. And it helps your friends if they want to set you up. Because again, I've said this before, some of my friends, I don't even know if they're single because they've actually never told me that they're looking for a relationship and come to find out they're like, you, how come you've never set me up with one of your friends? I'm (laughs) like, I had no idea that's what you were looking for. Right. So this is something you're looking for. If you're looking to meet someone, say it, say it out loud. Tell everyone. Like it sounds a little hokey, but like, yeah, but it's your. It's like if you're looking for a job, right? Right. If you're looking for a job, you're going to tell everyone you know because you're trying to work your network. Right. It's the exact same thing. In fact, I think it's even more important than finding yep. a job. Um, I want to do this quick um, exercise, the yes and exercise, just okay. to demonstrate what they okay. do in improv class. So I'm going to throw it to Cheryl. Okay. Ask you a question. You have to yes answer okay. with a yes and, and then you throw a question to Julie. She has to answer, and then she throws a question to me. Okay. okay. All right. Cheryl, are you super hot right now? Yes, and I've always been hot. (laughs) Julie, do you want to get married? Yes, and I want to find the love of my life. UA. I want to ask you. (laughs) Ask something that's like not me. So hard. Julie, you'd be terrible at improv. (laughs) Do you want to get a cat? Okay. UA, do you want to trade Mojo in for a cat? Yes, because I would love to have a fur animal in my life that I'm allergic to. Okay. <laughs> but she said yes. Okay, she let's go. Yes. Let's go on to our question of the day. Our-, our question of the day comes from Devin. Everyone keeps saying that I need to put myself out there more, but I'm just exhausted. And when I do go out, it feels like I'm just I just end up talking to my friends. So sometimes I'd rather just lay low and watch Netflix. I should mention I'm pretty introverted and don't get energized by people. I realize I won't meet anyone by sitting on the couch, and I do like to meet up with people one-on-one. What are some ideas you have for me so I can get out there but not burn myself out? This is uh, Okay, I love this question because I know people who thrive in one-on-one situations, but they don't thrive in social situations. They're mm-hmm. not like the one getting all the attention when they step into a room, but when you do yeah. talk to them one-on-one. They're amazing, right? So I would say to Devin is first and first and foremost, it's good that you know this about yourself. Good for you. That takes totally. a lot of self-reflection. Yeah, definitely. Some of us are just introverted and some of us are extroverted introverts. So I'm in that, in that category. First of all, communicate this to your friends. They should know that this is not something like being at a big party. It's not something that you're really into, but communicate to your friends. I really enjoy intimate one-on-one situations. So your friends may set you up on, you know, blind dates maybe, or to find 
these events were at smaller scale, you know, yep. like those small dinner parties, like 500, 500 brunches, brunches where yep. you're only with like six or seven well, other people. For me, I definitely thrive in that situation a lot better than like the big event. Like I feel like I don't, I really do end up talking to my friends mostly mm-hmm. in situations like that, but to play off 500 brunches again, like what I loved about that was that it was like five, six to eight people. So a fairly small group. Mm-hmm. And you're, everyone kind of comes solo. So you're almost like all like in the same boat and yeah. you're like forced to sit and have a meal together. And then there's Feastly and um, Eat With. Like there's a bunch of other different mm-hmm. ones too, or it's not, it doesn't have to just be food either. Mm-hmm. But like finding stuff that like fits that is a really good technique, I think. Yep. There's a lot of events like that now on Airbnb, for example. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like things going on around and they could be a group of three people or five people. Right. Or, yeah. And also, that. I think, like, um, you know, on Eventbrite, because I've never really used Eventbrite to find events, right. but it's they have this Amazon model where if you go to one event that you liked, they'll recommend mm-hmm. other events right. just right. like it. Yep. So if you find one that you really like, you, you'll find a whole bunch of other ones that are just related. So I would say that. But then also don't avoid the issue either. I think there's nothing wrong with saying I'm uncomfortable in the situation, but I'm going to work on getting more comfortable. It's right. still It's still a point of improvement, right? You can still improve upon these things. Right. It's not so much like, oh, I need to avoid all of all of these events altogether. It's okay. Just, you know, sometimes you're better in a situation where you're pushing yourself out of your, your comfort or zone. Or it's balancing it. Like maybe it's not doing it three nights in a row because you're going right. to really know yourself that you're just going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's just like finding one a month that seems really interesting to you that you're excited about and then build up from there. Yeah. It's also, I think, feeling not like there's certain expectations. Like some people feel, you know, okay, well, I can't go out and try to meet people until I lose weight or until I get a job or until I this or this or that. And so to think kind of, I can't even try because I'm quiet and I'm introverted and that's not what someone's looking for. Yeah. Of course, someone could be looking for that. People are looking for all kinds of things. Everyone is different. Mm Mm-hmm. Or online dating could be a good bet for someone that's more introverted because it is one-on-one when you actually do meet them. Yeah. So you might need someone that is more introverted too, or you might need someone to bring you out of your shell. And if you're so aware of this, which is amazing, you could tell people that. I mean, if you are talking to someone online, you could say, hey, just so you know, I'm pretty quiet or Mm -hmm. I'm only comfortable one-on-one or I'm that kind of person. And maybe that person's super social and they want someone super social and it's not for them. Or maybe they're like, oh... Me too. That's such a relief. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Also, just have like a, a close friend who is that social butterfly. And sometimes it's great to have that person around because they can fly you around to different yep. groups and introduce you That's versus true. you having to do the work. And lastly, Devin, I would say you say um, everyone says you should put yourself out there, but you're just exhausted by it. So my question would be, do you want to put yourself out there? Are you looking for a relationship? Are you looking to date more? If if that's the case, then you need to work on getting yourself out there. There is nothing that can happen from staying at home and watching Netflix. I can guarantee you that <laughs> unless if someone come, randomly comes to your door. because your DoorDash they, delivery yeah, guy. Door dash delivery, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. That's yeah. Or, yeah. The odds are low. Or your neighbor who wants yeah. to watch the exact same Netflix show. It, the odds are really, really low. So if you want something, you still have to make the, make the effort, make the time and go do it. Maybe it's, yeah, I think we, like we said, just like balancing it, mm-hmm. like having your Netflix night, if you need to like get that downtime, 
and then coupling that with more right. of a night out that you could actually meet people. Love it. Okay. Any last words of advice for our listeners? I did have one more um, also Ooh. in terms of what you can learn from all this. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel every day I appreciate my husband and everything about him because I know what what's it, out there. What's out there. Because <laughs> I've had those experiences. It's true, though. It's so true. And oh, he's told gosh. me the same thing, that had he met me before all of the experiences he had, he wouldn't appreciate me the way he does. Yeah. So I always remember that. I always remember just how grateful and lucky I am, and I never take any of that for granted because I know how hard it is because I went through all of it. Well, so. the reality mm. is most people aren't going to be your match. Right. Like, yeah. They're not. So, like, when right. you do actually find that person – you're like, okay, no, because I've seen it all and I have comparison. Exactly. But you're so grateful for all the people that you met along the way. Of course, definitely. Because they all <laughs> brought me there. Exactly. And listeners, we are so grateful for you for tuning in. We would love to have you as a guest on our show. Again, we can always keep your identity anonymous to protect you. Or you can just come like Cheryl and be yeah. like, I'm Cheryl. <laughs> this is my story. I said yes. <laughs> I said yes. <laughs> I and say love. yes yeah. more. Yeah. Say yes more. <laughs> Tell the universe what you want. On that note, last but not least, stay dateable. Your action item for this week is, well, pretty predictable. Come from a place of yes. It's very easy to stay in our comfort zones, to be where it feels safe, and to stay within the confines of what we know. However, if you're seeking personal growth and a change, now's the time to say yes to things that push you out of your comfort zone, or just to say yes to more opportunities in general. The more you come from a place of yes, the more the universe will shower you with new opportunities. And sometimes those opportunities come with the possibility of introducing new and exciting people into your life. And that's a wrap for season five. We will start season six in early 2018, but until then, we'll entertain you with some great off-season content. Just visit our website, datablepodcast.com on a regular basis for the latest. Thank you guys for another incredible season. If you didn't know already, in our off-season, we launched a premium series called The Why Series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback on how actionable these episodes are, so check it out on our website under the tab Why Series. Or you can now buy directly from iTunes Music. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm-hmm.